and welcome episode 120 don't wake me up we got kenny hanging out with rafa and rabio let's um, go baby <laughs> 100, 120 episodes, and we have another good one to talk about um, today. As usual, myself, Mike, your host, we got Oscar, Bill, and Kenny. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Man, undefeated. Living the dream right now. Feeling good. Yeah. It's been a while. Don't wake us up from this dream. It's a good one <laughs> for sure. Um, today, we have two <coughs> big wins to discuss. Uh, we won Friday against Porto. We'll talk about that. I'm getting a little feedback here. So one of you turn your volume down that aren't on headphones. Might be Kenny. Just turn it down a little bit. Um, we got Porto on Friday. And then we had um, Juventus today. Another epic uh, European match that was maybe more stressful than it should have been. But at the end of the day, we came away with three points. So we'll talk about both those games. Um, for those of you who are tuning in on Facebook, it appears that there's an issue with the comments coming through, but feel free to uh, interact and leave your thoughts. I have it up here on my screen, um, so I will read them off uh, if I can't bring them up on the screen. So feel free to interact. I'm also going to leave the link in uh, the comments, which hopefully it comes across, uh, which... We would like for you to guys to, to call in. Why don't you call in, join us? Um, I'll leave the link on the bottom. Yeah, don't be afraid, the... guys. Don't be afraid. Yeah, I'll leave the link on the bottom of the screen here, too. Let me just make an edit quickly. Um, call in, join us. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Uh, conversation. Okay, let us know your thoughts. Um, if you're not able, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, we can see your comments. Um, if you're not, uh, for now, again, I'm going to have to read them off here on the screen. Just quickly, let me just go through them so I don't forget anyone. Telmu, Telmu, Benfica, 1904. We have Juaninha, someone is lit. She's talking about you, Kenny. Uh, <laughs> Juaninha was at the game uh, at the Stade de Regan. She was there. She sent me some videos. Uh, who else we got? Juan Dalbuquerque, he's tuning in. Um, Telmu says, I'm still waiting for a quality opponent for Benfica. Southern Benficaistas. Yeah, that's true. Uh, still waiting for a quality opponent. So I do see that the link went through on the comments. So again, feel free to join us. Uh, let us know your thoughts. There's a lot to talk about. Red Baron, welcome back. Boa noite, Rotas Bola. Zero, caralho. Carlos Amaro, boa noite, Carlos Amaro. Great night. Yes, it was. We got a lot to talk about. So uh, let's get into it here. Para a malta que esteja a ver em português. Hoje é o nosso podcast em inglês, mas estejam à vontade de participar aqui nesta nossa conversa. Deixem os vossos comentários. Se tiverem a, a, a ver o podcast no Facebook, uh, temos um problema aqui com os comentários chegarem aqui uh, do nosso lado, mas eu tenho aqui o Facebook uh, aqui no meu iPad de lado, por isso posso ler os vossos comentários, por isso estejam à vontade de participar aqui nesta nossa conversa. E se quiserem entrar no direto, podem entrar só com vídeo, ou, só com áudio ou também com vídeo, se quiserem. Uh, já deixei o link uh, e também está aqui embaixo no rodapé, por isso uh, estejam à vontade de participar um, e, e falar connosco aqui sobre o nosso Benfica. Joey Aníbal says 19 games, 16 wins, 3 ties, 2 of them against PSG. I think it's 20 games, Joey. Acho que fiz estas contas mal. I think it's 20 games that we've played. But I could be wrong. Um, Benfica, Porto 0, Benfica 1. Boy, it's not often that we go to the Stade do Regão and win. Um, at least in our lifetime. It hasn't been a regular occurrence. Um, Oscar, I'll start here with you. 
what's your analysis of this game? Man, all right. Well, so this game was one of the games I thought we. I, I called a tie, but I in my mind I'm like, dude. I, and I'm a guy that goes by history, and I go back to results. And and even though to this this year is a different team, I we always have the the bad luck or whatever it is in Saudi Dragon, right? So the game started, and there goes my fears. Like the first. 15 minutes i'm like shit we're gonna lose this game there's no chance we're gonna win this game and then we had the and i call it it's not luck because it's a it's, it should be a straight red and the second tackle by stock you but we had the that basically the luck of the draw that he got a red card because that changed the whole game for in our favor obviously they got a once they got the red card the game was totally in our, going our way um and then i for some reason we still were not creating like I thought we'd be creating. I thought we were going to be a lot of more chances. I thought we we're going to have more, more, you know, opportunities to score, and we really didn't until the second half. I, I, I applaud Schmidt for the subs he made because um, I didn't. I, for a fact, did not think that we were going to leave the field or or finish the game with eleven guys if he didn't make those subs. So he took out the the guys Ba, Jean Mario, and Enzo at halftime, which is. We crazy if anybody asks, like we take the three best players or two of the two at least the two of the best players that you have on the team, you take them out at halftime against a, a, a classical against Porto. And I'm like, shit. So it's either could go work for in his favor and we finish the game with 11 guys by not get a result, or vice versa. We like we give port we give Porto a um we, we win the game and like we did like we just did. So I thought. He took. The, he had the balls. He had the guts to do this to these subs. And second half was completely offensive on our side. We created some chances. Rafa came through again, and um, and I, I just I just give credit to Schmidt for the for the the balls he had, and I give credit to Benfica to going into the to that stadium and getting the result. I agree. Um, it's not a place that we typically go, at least in our lifetime, and, and get a positive result. No. Um, last one, if I'm not mistaken, was Joan Felix and Zafa scored. We won with Bruno Lage. Um, but yeah, to, to come away with that win. And I must say that if you guys remember, we did our predictions for the month of October, knowing that it was going to be a difficult month. And um, for those of you who are betting people, if you followed Kenny's uh, bets here, you, you're batting, you're you're making a lot of money. So if you want to make a donation to us, you're more than welcome. Kenny has predicted every single game thus far this month. He predicted to beat Riuav. He predicted a tie against PSG. He predicted a win against Porto, and he predicted a win against Juve. All he's got left for to complete it is beat Chavs uh, this weekend. So if you guys what, want to roll the dice, and you not what everybody else has. What everybody else so, thinks. so Bill picked beat Riuav, lose to PSG, beat Porto, tie Juve, and beat Chavs. So he got two wrong. Um, oh, shit, Oscar picked don't, don't tell beat, me. <laughs> beat Riuav. You got that right. Then the cliff came with with a parachute <laughs> with no with holes in it. Yeah, you got lose to PSG, lose to Porto, tie to Juve. Three in a row, you got wrong. I had Sad beat Riuav, lose to PSG, tie Porto, and beat Juve. So I'm on the cliff with you. I just didn't fall as fast. I got a little bit less holes in my cliff or my parachute. And we all have beat Shav. So yeah, watch us fall Kenny, apart against Shav. I know. <laughs> Kenny, uh, Kenny's doing doing good work here. Let me just quickly run through the comments here before I go over to Bill. Um, Juaninha says. 
Uh, let's see here. We got Shuanina said, where the heck is it? Honestly, one of the most ex amazing experiences ever. Call in. Tell us about it. Join the conversation. Don't be shy. You're hiding behind the keyboard. Uh, you can do audio only if you'd like. You don't have to show your face. Um, yeah, let us know how it was uh, in the first person. George Martin says, Só estou aqui para dizer que o Porto não vale um caralho. Obrigado, George. <laughs> <laughs> um, seriously, Paulo Carneiro, it's been quite some time since we played like this, only for that brief period with Laj and before that, the team that went to the final of the Europa League with JJ. Yes, it has. It has been some time. Uh, let's see for the ones that we have here. Carlos Amado says, seems surreal. A team this complete from the cheapest seat to the locker room, from piss boy to president. Uh, hi, gang. Auschwitz is looking like a bargain. The word on the street is that Schmidt asked him what his favorite That's position, funny. and his answer was yes. <laughs> um, is that, yeah, legit? Well, is that legit? No, I think it's just a joke on social media. I saw it too. Uh, Tiago, boa noite. Maltinho, um abraço para ti. Boa noite. Um, Red Baron, Auschwitz is like a Swiss watch. Chega sempre a tempo. That's true. Carlos <laughs> Amara, uh, no way this team is built like Schmidt. Mental fortitude of ice water. And Gary says, thank you, Rui Costa. Me thank too. you all I, for the I, comments. I think Keep I, them coming. Join the conversation again. For the ones on Facebook, the comments are having issues getting through here in our interface, so we can't bring them up on the screen just yet, but I have it up here on my iPad. So I will continue to read your comments as they come through. One more from Telmo against Porto. We were nervous. There are some pressure. There was some pressure not to lose, and that made us make some mistakes. I agree with that, Bill. I'm going to pass that over to you with that comment, um, and then I'll have a question. Do you agree with Oscar's analysis of the game? Um, and do you feel like we came in? I felt like, at least from my perspective, those first 10, 10 or so minutes, I feel like Porto came out guns blazing, yeah. pressing high. They were really hungry, which makes sense, right? They're at home. They're against you know, their rival, a team that hasn't lost And they yet, can't right? lose. And they, they're not, yep. they can't lose that game. It's a six-point exactly. game. They got to come out guns blazing. So it doesn't surprise me. Right? Benfica comes out. But even though Porto came out guns blazing, the only chance they created was Taremi's header that Blanco makes a massive save. But apart yeah. from that, Benfica seemed pretty in control, right? Yeah, yes, we struggled getting out, playing from the back. We made some poor mistakes. But like I, I felt like even though we were sloppy at times, Porto wasn't suffocating us in just chance after chance after chance. Um, but your thoughts, Bill? No, I agree. And I think that was what was most frustrating for me was like we've gone to Juve, we've gone to PSG, toe to toe, and it the, the team didn't blink. And then we go to Porto, and yeah, it's it's Porto, and it's it's a it's a classical, and it's a, it's a derby. Like the pressure, the environment, and it that was the first time that I felt like maybe like the pressure of the unbeaten run, the pressure of the game, maybe sunk in, like got into the team a little bit. Uh, because, like you said, and Oscar said, those first 15, 20 minutes, Porto was all over us. We struggled to build out. We were trying to play our game, build out of the back, control it, uh, and we just couldn't. Porto was just, I mean. I felt like we were just clearing it. the ball. We just kept clearing Porto, the ball. Like Porto might have been the field. Their, their cycling team's doctors uh, for that game because <laughs> those guys, that for those first 20, 30 minutes, they – they ran so you much. Know, you know, you know what it felt. It felt like Bill. And sorry to interrupt. It felt like you know those uh, those smaller teams that come into Saudi to lose and they fucking just go guns blazing. Yeah, like like run nonstop, well, run, like, run, uh, run, run. That's what I felt team, like. My just played in the Tassa. Yeah, called this, called this, called this. They yeah. just ran. They literally yeah. were just running around chasing everything. And but that's it's like it at one point, could... it's like pure adrenaline, right? Yeah, like yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I felt like Otavio 
like ran his like it was it seemed like his energy was never ending and i'm not like insinuating that he was on anything i'm just saying like it could have been just pure adrenaline maybe he's in really good form but like it's ridiculous how much yeah. he ran no, I, but yeah. again because like, it's it's not it's not a, a, a it's it's how much he wants to beat benfica and i think to them is like it's like the we hatred. want to beat benfica like benfica is yeah. like the devil we, we want to get them we want to get them that's i think they to be honest with you i don't i think they don't mind losing to uh, shavs next week and as long as they beat benfica <laughs> that's that's so that's why a lot of times we say a lot of these fans or porto fans are more anti benfica than they are portistas that's true these guys hate benfica more than they like yep. their own team I agree. Um, Kenny, I'm going to pass it to you here, which is, uh, I know that you, you were on and off watching the game, but I think there's a few questions here that are irrelevant, which is, um, hold on, let me just read the comments here quickly. Uh, Talmud said, in that, in, in that game, it was important to win, and we won. Um, and and what, I'm gonna ask, what I'm going to ask you guys, and I'll start with you, Kenny, and then you guys feel free to jump in, is what is it? That makes an away game at the Stadio de Gaon so difficult for us, right? Like, bar none, we are the biggest club in the country, right? Like, I don't think there's anyone that can argue that unless you're extremely naive and, and uh, don't want to admit it. But a, a club of our dimension, it seems like right? we went to Paris and played against PSG, a club with some of the most elite players in the world. We go to Juventus, uh, a European giant, right? That has some elite players in the, the football world. And then we go to like Stade de Rigao and it's like things completely change. Like, what is it do you think that creates this environment that we can go to PSG and we can go to Juventus and we can go to Ajax and go toe to toe and seem like we're an extremely mature team. And then we can go to Stade de Rigao and it's like we piss down our leg. So I, I'm not surprised of how Porto came out and how we were, you know, hesitant to begin with. I, I'm not surprised at all. A, because of the history that we have there. And, you know, to your point of, of why does this happen constantly there? Why is it such a, a big feat for us to, like, get into the game right away? I've never been to, 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 to a classical in Porto, but I can only imagine the atmosphere of, you know, not only the players that know what it is like to play at Porto, right? The Portuguese players on the team, but then as the newcomers, right? The, the Enzos, these guys going into this, knowing what they've heard, they know the history of how we struggle up there. You know, it's a, it's a lot of pressure on the players themselves. So I, I believe that there, there's, there is that hesitancy. There is that little, you know, they got the nerves going and it's, it's not surprising to me at all. Um, You know, I, I would, you know, Joanina, if if she was there, I would love to know what, what how it really is there. I mean, none of us, I don't think you guys have been to a I've never a been to Porto, but nope. I mean I can only imagine. And and it is different than than in Lisbon. Like they are, you know, anything goes up there. They don't have the same uh etiquette as 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 you know that we have or that I, I would assume we have in Lisbon, right? I, I they are more rugged up there, and I think it puts a lot of pressure on the players. Um, in that atmosphere and and like you, like we've talked about the history that you know how how we always struggle it's just it's part of it it's like almost like a curse it's it's a monkey on your back and it's it's hard to get that off but games like this when you do come out with results hopefully you can switch the tide um and you know I, you know it might have been ugly i didn't catch the whole game i didn't see it all play out and maybe we were fortunate to to be playing with the man up um 
you know, throughout the game, maybe it could have been a different result, but you know, whatever, take, take it as it is. Cause we are rolling right now and we need all, you know, everything to go our way. So, and, you know, it's funny. I, I wonder what bot, cause this is boss first classical, but boss first, what did everybody go? Oh, there you go. Huh? So <laughs> this, this is, um, this is boss first classical, right? I wonder what he comes back. I guarantee he got warned. Hey, listen, this is not the no typical game. This is more whatever, but he, he probably, he committed like four fouls, right? Fouls, normal fouls. One of them was a yellow card. And um, and and you saw those guys crying every single time he touched them, or or any any physical contact at all that the guy had, like those guys, especially Otavio, Taremis, and all crying, crying on the on the floor like they got attacked by like a, a missile. So like, I wonder after the game what he says. This is what he guys meant. Like these are these guys not they not they didn't come to play. They came to provocar and try to get us red cards. That's all they did most of the first half. After they got the first the yell the red card, their game plan was. Let's get them back to 10 Correct. That's, their, that's exactly their game plan. At least in the first half, it was to get them a red card. If, and then, and then, like I, somebody, Tiago said a comment here. Schmidt taking out, like I said in my analysis, taking out those three guys at halftime is, yep. to me, the MVP because he saved us from getting a red card. Those guys' plan was to get us a red card. Yeah. And but some like of the guys said, that you have to take like, out is bold, right? You get to take out an Enzo, right? Like and that's bold. Like, Mario, which is your motor going yeah. forward. It's yeah. some some big balls from your manager to take out arguably your two best players, right? On the yeah. field, Traumadio and Enzo. And just at halftime, like, all right, no, we're done. Cause like he said, we were, we're running decision. the risk of not finishing the game with 11. And if we didn't have 11 on the field, yeah, it could have been, it would have been very different result. It could, it's ballsy, but it's ballsy, but and it could have worked right out against him. It could have worked against him because obviously he took it to two of your best players out. It's not the same as playing with those those two yeah. guys in the in the game. But Enzo was not performing the first half. All right, he was not having his best game. No, he so had a bad the yellow the yellow the yellow card might have been a fa a factor, but maybe not. Maybe he's like, you're not performing. This is not maybe this is this is not your yeah. day, and let's take him out. But he used the yellow card as an excuse to take him all three out. And and, and, and I mean, it's credit to him for reading the game, right? We yeah. criticized Verissimo last year the second half of the season for his changes, right? Like we always criticize saying like, we, it doesn't seem like he can read the game and understand what's going on. And Schmidt got this fucking dead on the hand, like dead on the nail. Like he, he took his chance, right. Took out his two of his best players and, and it worked out. But I mean, credit to him for, for reading the game and realizing that the way the tide was going and the way Porto was playing or what they were trying to do more likely than not, we weren't going to finish finish with 11 with those, those three guys on the field with yellow cards already. Yeah, agree. I want to. I want to go through some comments, and then we have a, a guest in our backstage here that wants to join the conversation. Um, just quickly through some of the comments. Ripinho says, "Good evening, guys. Benfica strong like bull." Yes, we are <laughs> strong like bull. Uh, Erickson Alves Nunes. I doubt Otavio wasn't on anything. Listen, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to make assumptions. I don't want to make accusations. But I mean, the he, team I mean, he was out of his mind and it's funny because the I next mean, all, all he needed to do all he needed to have is foam coming out of his lips because that, that's how he, he every time he went down to crying i felt like foam was coming out of his mouth paulo carnado says because they created such an environment intimidation and we don't seem to be able to handle it many times it's the mental block um there was another comment that's the thing was... that's the thing up there up there it's like it's not just like the manager that gets the team fired up for those games like it's like in the club's dna like in porto's dna yeah. and like it's like it's coming from the top. It's not just the manager getting the team fired up. 
Like, it's coming from the top down. Like, it's everyone that fucking is getting everyone fired up for these games. You guys mentioned you guys mentioned Mefica went to play at PSG, Juventus, and, and they played, like, you know, head on, you know, no problems, just to, to play their, the game. But but you guys not thinking that that like those guys play the same doesn't matter if they're playing against Benfica they're playing against uh, Monaco at home or if they're playing against uh, Man City in England right they play the yeah. same because those guys are like they're superstars they should look at people should look at them and be like let's elevate our game to that to them right or to like an Neymar and Messi right but when you go play against Porto it's not about who they they, they to them is like who are we playing against and if they play against a, a benfica they elevate their game they elevate their game just like i said earlier it's like a small team they elevate their game to to beat us they need to beat us and you don't have like when you're playing against these other european teams you don't have this all that like off-field bullshit right right like we right. saw I mean, we all saw pictures of like on the highway the overpasses having signs yeah. saying like if you're benfica honk type of shit yeah. and like I'm sure these players on social media that week, the week leading up to the game, were getting fucking like crazy DMs and stuff from Porto fans. Like you don't get that shit from when you're going to to Paris to play PSG or going to Holland to play to play Ajax. Like you don't deal with that shit. And, and another thing, like just I mean, not the influence on the refs, right? I mean, you see it in on the field and then on the sideline, right? Every foul, the be- the whole bench is up on their feet. They're crowding the fourth official. It, like it slows down the game as well. So you can't really, you can't ever gather that momentum or that flow of play because you're constantly stopping the game over and over again for, for, you know, stupid little fouls. And then, you know, having to go to the sideline to talk to the, to the bench and all this bullshit. So it, it's, it's a hard game in general to just, you know, keep the game, the, the, the flow of the game going. Agreed. Uh, just quickly run through a few more of these comments before I bring in our guest. Um, Red Baron says, Buzine Agora for this. Uh, Paulo Carneiro says, that's the way they always play, especially against us at home. Maybe there was a few W52 syringes left. For those of you who don't know the reference, W52 is Porto cycling team that got suspended for yeah. doping. Um, let me see quickly here what else we got. We got Rui Pino, my family's from Porto area. I went to a few Porto games. They fans beat each other up. There are no rules up there. Um, <laughs> Paulo Carneiro says in the 80s and the 90s, it was much worse. Yes, I remember Porto had uh, oh, yeah. some chemicals that they put in the locker room. Benfica had to change in the hallway of the stadium. Um, Jorge Martins, Otavio, um palhaço, merece ser mal mertelado na perna. Oscar, is that you on your phone? I hate that guy. You're burning the I think a lot of people do. Silva, he says a major part of Benfica's success was staying mentally disciplined every time Porto tried instigating every player walked away and didn't even give in. Telmo says Luis Costa is doing a good job, but he needs to defend Benfica more. For the Rasan Portuguesa closed its eyes to serious cases. That's the comments on Facebook. Oh, I already got comments on Facebook coming through, so I don't have to look at my iPad. All right, perfect. So I'll be able to show your comments on the screen. We should should talk more about the cases too, the the direct cards. Yeah, so we will, we will. We're going to get to that. Um, Chico Marcelino has a comment here that I starred. Chico, não me esqueci de ti. Tenho aqui um comentário teu que já marquei, and we're going to talk about it after our guest comes in. Without further ado, I want to bring in Joaninha. Um, She's joining us just with audio. Joaninha, can you hear us? Yeah, can you hear me? We oh, can hear yes, you. Yes, we can. Um, first of all, thank you for uh, for uh, sucking up uh, and joining us. It's been a long time coming. Um, but tell us, so you were in Portugal for some personal things, um, and you ended up going to the game. I know you sent me some videos. You walked with the, with the other fans going to the stadium. 
walk us through what it's like, right? We've never been there. I'm sure people that are tuning in have gone to games. I don't know if they've gone to Benfica or Porto Benfica, the side of the Regal, but um, let us know. Give us a little bit of a glimpse of, of what it's like. And as you start to talk through it, I'm sure some of the guys will have some questions or, or comments for you. But what was that day like as a Benfica fan in such a hostile environment? And were you ever scared? <laughs> yeah, honestly, I was really nervous going into it. Um, I had met this guy who got me the tickets um, in the summer when I went to the first game uh, against, I think it was Benfica Roca. Um, and so I hit him up and I was like, hey, like I want tickets for October. Like I'm coming back. And I literally looked at the schedule. Only game I could go to was the game in the Drago. And I was like, you know what? I've already been there camouflaged not wearing my gear and I was like I'm not doing that again like I don't want that and I even hit up Mike and I was like oh like I can get a ticket with um my fiance's like saucy card but it I just I didn't want to do that anymore I wanted to feel what it was like with the clock and um I was really scared um I'm sure you guys have all heard like so many stories um but honestly it was the exact opposite of what I thought I never once I like got there and I was with all the adeptus like in the section that they like meet up in this uh it's called Parc SCSP, like Bonjoya. Yep. They all meet up yep. there. Um, and we all walk in together. There's so much like security, there's police everywhere. So it wasn't and I honestly didn't feel like unsafe, but getting there, like I, you know, like I had my jersey on and I like wore a jacket over it and I like did not take it off until I was with everyone else. <laughs> but do you how about like when you're in the stadium like when you if you want to go get a drink or, or food is it is it blocked off for the rest of the stadium or, or is it open yeah you're you're never you're never um like you're never able to to see anyone else so like you're kind of like in your own little section it's blocked off um and honestly we got there like the game had just started because it takes forever to walk from you know essentially where the where everyone from the clock meets up, they wait for the autocarros to come. It started pouring rain. It was like crazy. Um, um, so yeah, we got there was, starting. I was going to say, how was it during the game, right? Because you're in kind of a caged in area, right? But to my knowledge, is there plexiglass in between or is it just a netting? It's just netting. Um, and then towards the end, I think there was a piece of glass like where basically like all the way to the side where they would have some type of, um shared like section i guess with the other sections across which would be like board of the fans but it's all like netting i mean like the worst thing that i saw was mefikistas like you know breaking chairs and throwing it at the net but that's like <laughs> well, yeah but that that happens everywhere i mean like i don't it, i never i didn't see any fights like nothing um coming up into the game like you know we were singing our anti porto chance and it was all fine like honestly i was really scared going into it um and i know even you you said you were like oh you're crazy wearing your Benfica gear and everything but it was it was honestly like one of the best experiences i have a question so through the game throughout the game were the the porto fans singing more benfica anti benfica chance or are they singing more porto chance like uh, you know how benfica sings glorioso slb yeah. And, uh, and Porto sings Glorioso, Papa Merda, whatever the fuck it is they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I wonder what they chant during the game because uh, do they support their team or do they just uh, talk shit about Benfica? I mean, obviously, it was kind of hard for them to support in that game because they were down a man, they were losing, they weren't playing that well, you know. But 
Um, I think it's also hard um, being in the clock, like in that specific area, you're kind of, it's hard to just listen to, you know, like you're only listening to what's around you. Like I've watched um, other games, like big games in Dragon, like, you know, Porto Sporting, for example, this summer. And yeah, their clock was like way crazier. Like it sounded so much more like upbeat. And I was like, wow, their clock's amazing. And then I went to this game I was like, um, they were mostly just singing, like, whenever we would sing, it was, you know, like how you were saying, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. um, so, yeah, they were, I think it was just a game where they, like, started off bad and they were like, damn, like, we're losing, like, at home. And I don't think they were, they were singing that much that game. For sure. Um, we had a question here in the comments. So Red Baron asked, uh, they didn't throw anything at Juana. And then he also said, I got a bag of piss thrown at me. No joke. Oh my God. No, <laughs> you were pissing on the steps though. Like, but that, that was a Benfica. Again, I was with the Benfica fans, like from start to finish. Like I was never with any Porto fans, like whatsoever. So I guess um, my experience might've been different, but everyone pisses everywhere. What about what about at the uh, well, on the cage, of course. What, what about after the game, right? So, like, I mean, Porto loses, you would think you know they'll take out their revenge in different ways. I know you're saying you, you didn't encounter any issues, right? But yeah, you're you the last, I, I would assume you guys are the last time. ones to leave. Yeah, yes. we waited for like almost an hour, I think it was like 50 minutes. Yeah, because I saw I, on, t on TV, I saw the the, the, the FICA players were thinking they're fans, they're the only ones there on the on the little section. Yeah. yeah, they wait a while before they let you out. They wait till the outside's clear until they bring the Benfica fans out. And the streets themselves are clear. Yeah. yeah, they escort you all the way back till like that section again where I said in Bonjour. Yeah, yeah. how far away you guys park? Like, is it right next to where you guys park? Uh, it was like probably like a 20, 30 minute walk. But again, that's probably be that's because we were walking with 2,500 people. Obviously, if I was walking, you know, just, you know, with a small group of people, it would have been quicker. But it's it's pretty close. Gotcha. That's cool. They, I'm pretty sure that section is like where they have all the keepers of the Versailles like meet now. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, right? yeah. Keep it more organized, especially in a high high risk game like this one. Well, um, they, have the they have the cops that like walk with you. Correct. Yeah, yeah they have. So you're like surrounded by police the entire way. Yeah, the yeah. whole time. Yeah. You yeah, picked Josh the right year to go. I know. No, you did. No, I was gonna say no. you, you you picked the right the right year to go see them in Porto because it could be another what three four years before we went up there again. So no, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I I'm I'm jealous. I I mean that's a great experience to to go through. Um, glad nothing really happened. Fortunately, there was no issues. Yeah, exactly. And so we won. Yeah, um, and we won. To uh, top it off. Let me ask you this. Would you, we have another guest in the backstage, so I, I want to give him some time. Would you do it again, Juanina? Yeah, a million times. I would do it over and over again. I, well, I you, it I seems like you're the, you're, the, you're the good luck, so you better go every year now. Yeah. Yeah. Here you go next year. Because, yeah, I don't know if it's because we won, but I don't know. It was just another feeling. Also, it was my first game with the clock. Um, I've seen a lot of games at the Luge, big games too. Like I, I've seen Benfica lose against Porto. Uh, I've seen a lot, uh, quite a few games now, but this one was by far my favorite. Fair enough. Well, we appreciate you calling in. Uh, finally, uh, you've been hiding <laughs> behind the curtain, um, but we appreciate you calling in and, and giving us your perspective on on what it was like over there. Um, 
again, thank you for for following us. I know that you're a, you're a big follower of of our podcast, um, and uh, we will chat soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having me. Let's see. Ya. Um, up next, we got Telmo in the backstage. Telmo, pods will be prefers English or Portuguese. Uh, eu só queria assistir a live, eu só quero assistir a live, não quero comentar. Obrigado, obrigado, obrigado pela oportunidade. Nada, nada, nada. Abraço, então. So, I, I, let me just go back to the questions here and see. So, I have a question here from uh, the Chico Marcelino one, which was, last year everyone was seeing and Almeida getting the second red card at Porto um, as well, but at the time Verismo did nothing, right? And we talked about how Roger Schmidt read the game well here. Um, and, and Oscar, I know that you said for you that's the, the game-changing moment, but do you think that we've seen it in, in the previous games already this season, right? The coach being able to read the game well, um, but there was also criticism of the delay of substitutions, right? I think today was another situation like that. And I don't know if you guys saw his press conference, but he said, um, you know, I, I didn't change because I felt the team was playing well, um, right? And he wants the players to enjoy a game like that, right? You're up four to one. The players seem to be enjoying themselves. Uh, and then like we talked about offline, their two goals happen within like three minutes of each other, right? So like, after that first goal, even if you want to make a change, um, right, it happened so fast that you probably wouldn't have made a change that fast. Um, but Kenny, I'll start with you, right? The benefit of us seeing that Roger Schmidt is reading this game well or reading the game well more often than not, he's not afraid to make changes at halftime, which you don't see often. Mm -hmm. Um, but on the flip side of that, right, I know that you were a critic as well today about the delay in. In substitution so like how do you gauge that yeah i mean today today i had an issue with it because i what I, from what i saw like the midfield was everything was going well and then all of a sudden it just looked like we ran out of energy all of a sudden it wasn't like a slow like a, a slow progression down it was just it just immediately turned off like for me enzo was gassed i mean he was just clearing balls at one point so I think he's done a great job to the, to this point today. The game could have gotten away. Uh, couldn't could have gotten away from us um, a lot quicker. Um, and, and I also think that it's because we don't have quite the depth that uh, we might think we do. I think there's still some, and I think now that we're in champion or we've qualified to the next stage, I think we, we should, you know, reinforce the team a little bit um, either on the wing or on in the midfield, definitely up top uh, at forward. I think we need another option off the bench um, to give us more options to be able to, you know, for something like this not to get out of hand. Because today could have easily turned into, I mean, yes, we missed two, uh, Rafa missed two open headers pretty much. Um, but Juventus, uh, 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 Juventus <laughs> could have had, um, I mean, they, they, were, they were on top of us the last 15 minutes of that game. They could have easily turned that game around uh, to a tie or even possibly a win. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying anything wrong about Roger. I mean, he's, he's done, he's done really well gauging it so far, but I, I think there's a couple of um, instances where we could, you know, I think he would feel better going to the, 
to the bench earlier if we had better options. And for those of you who are watching on Facebook, it looks like Facebook's having an issue now with the stream. Um, But feel free to join us on YouTube or uh, we're live on Twitter as well and Twitch for any of you who use Twitch. Um, Yeah, I thought I thought I I thought it was a like I was just looking right now at what the times he made the first sub 81 minutes, the first sub he made at the 81st minute. And that's already a 4-3. I mean, at 4-1, knowing that you have tired legs, that should have been that should have been a, a key. Like, let's put this game away, but four to one, let's hold the result and the, it, call it a day, right? And save these legs. At four three, he makes all he makes the subs that he should have made it like when we were like a four to one. Like put in the guys that's the, the Chiquinhos and the guys to hold the game to just hold possession and not and not try to not gonna go create. Um, I agree with Kenny. It, it took a lot of too long today. And I just don't think – I think that just shows that he doesn't have the confidence in Shikini, right? I mean, he barely comes Fair. in, and when he does, it's late in the game. He's holding it off as long as he can. But, I mean – and I, let's face it. Enzo's like – he's got to be one of – he plays like every match. I mean, he's he's got to be, you know, having heavy, heavy legs. And uh, we're going to need him down the stretch. So we have to keep him healthy and give him the rest uh, when we can. But I, I think that that goes along with reinforcing the team a little bit. I mean, we, yeah, who, who, I, I do we, what, who do we have other than Paulo Bernardo? Who do we have that can go in the well, midfield? I was just about to say our typical sub for Enzo would be Frederick, would be and he's Austin, and he was, and he, yeah, but he, he was, was starting. Home. That's the thing. Yeah. So with Neres being injured and he had to start, it changes. Neres still came in. Neres was a second sub. Yeah, but Neres came at the eighty-seventh minute. Man, like, like it's almost like putting Ronaldo to 87th minute when, and, and he said, no, like, come on, man, let's, let's not, if you, if you're going to put him at 87th minute, don't put him in. Yeah. Um, let me ask you guys this, the situations that occurred in the game. Um, we had, I think we're, it's unanimous in terms of, uh, Ostaku's red card. I thought there were two fouls. I think the second one could have been a direct red, but unanimous decision on that. You guys think it's the right call? Fair. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the first one. And then, the first one you can argue. The second one could have been direct red, but yeah, definitely agree. Um, Alexander Ba sending off. Um, he got a yellow card. He then had two fouls in a matter of two minutes. In my opinion, I wouldn't have been surprised if he had seen a second yellow card for his second foul against Evan Nielsen on the line. Um, the one with his hand, I think he was just turning and the motion he ended up hitting him in the face and, and they call it and they any... call the they call the foul but these Correct. those are against octavio and and, and you see octavio yeah. on the on yeah. the floor and then as soon as the guy comes he's trying to get a, a yellow out of the ref and then as soon yeah. as the ref doesn't show he gets up right away like nothing happened like i hate that yeah. that, that kind of crap <laughs> so i don't so people are complaining about it i'm i wouldn't have been surprised if he had been sent off but i can also understand um, that he didn't get a second yellow card for that foul on, on Evan Nielsen. Um, there was also a no, moment. No, no with wait, wait, Otavio. wait. Let's let, let's go. Uh, let's go into detail on on these things. So so Ba had the first foul, or I think he had two fouls in the first uh, first 20, 15 minutes, and he got a yellow card. Right? It was like an eleventh minute, he got a yellow card or something like that. Yep. And then he had the one where 
I, I, lot, I saw a lot of like, uh, you know, these guys commentator stalking, you know, these shows that paying reached and all that. I've been watching that all week, right? <laughs> so, so uh, believe me, that I've already got so mad at, at this at, at my computer when I was wa- watching Rodolfo Reis or the fuck Rodolfo Reis, that guy from the, against Calado. He talks to Calado. Portugal, yeah. Dude, that guy just gets my nerves bumping. I'm like, Calado, say this. Calado, fucking say this to his face. Fuck that guy. Say it. But Calado is just more respectful. Says, these are my opinions. These are two. Dude, fuck you, man. Get a life. Who the fuck knows you? Like, because, because you play soccer. We need to get you on that show, dude. Because he plays soccer and he's like, I'm like, fuck, man. Like, who the fuck are you? You're nobody. You're absolutely nobody. But that's that's my rant against them, motherfucker. I, I hate it. So and then and then it comes and then and then it goes. Oh, because the foul against Galeno, that uh, the blocking foul Galeno, that they called man. it. Yeah, they called it against yeah. against Galeno instead of uh, against Ba. He goes, that should have yeah. been a second yellow. I'm like, the fucking foul against it was against Port, you dumbass. How is that supposed to be a yellow to Ba? They yeah. they wanted to get a yellow to Ba no matter what. Like that's what they. Oh, wanted. they did. Yeah, that was the so, strategy. Uh, as soon as Osaki got sent off, oh, 100%. Yeah. And then, and then the, the hand on Otavio, another crybaby running around the floor. I think he's probably played for Portugal, but he's a Neymar fan, guaranteed. <laughs> and then, and then against Ivan Nielsen, I get, I get the second yellow could have came out because of, of how many fouls he did. None of those fouls, yeah. like, like, justified a yellow card. It's just because it's he, the amount, the amount of he fouls, had like he three did, or four back to that, back. That could have been like, hey, I warned you one, two, three times. There's yeah. your, there's yeah. your yellow, right? Yeah. But but the thing is that fouls did not call for a yellow. It's more the consecutive fouls Correct. that call for a Correct. yellow. Now Correct. now Ostaku, that's a straight red. There shouldn't even be a second 100%. yellow. It's a straight red. I, I completely agree. Red. Completely I agree. Hundred percent with Oscar said. About um, yeah. the Otavi situation when when Benfica scores and and Gonzalo Ramos is rubbing it in in their half celebrating um taremi pushes him and otavi comes over and swings at him Um, him. and i would love i would love to show the footage but for some reason sport tv and all these media companies block our damn videos after the fact and it's just a pain in the ass um but if taremi doesn't push gonzalo ramos otavio hits him square on um thoughts on that and the fact that like it's not even really being talked about like, it, and the fact it, that VAR didn't do anything. And another well, thing the funny is, thing like, is, like I've seen it on social media, and it's non-Portuguese news outlets yeah. that have reported on it. Well, and it's why. like, <laughs> and it's like, how does VAR not like look see this and go back and like? Correct. Taremi no. didn't get a card for it. Taremi like, got a card. Taremi got a card for it. No, oh, not he, for did. That. he did. Taremi got did, a card for pushing for pushing yeah. Ramos. He did. He did. Yeah. So the thing is, the thing is, the thing is, like people will say if. Taremi didn't push him and he didn't fall, it would have been an aggression. Doesn't matter if it if it's he hits him or doesn't hit. It's an attempt. The attempt an of attempt, an aggression correct. is a direct red, right? So I don't yeah. give a shit if the people come and say, oh, he didn't it, it, he swung, but he was already laying anyways. So it, it didn't touch it, but it did touch him, but because yeah. it, it wasn't a hard because he was already falling down. I don't give a shit. It's attempt. The attempt is a red card. So there should have been a second red for, for Porto. I agree. I agree with that. Um, and then my other comment here to close this conversation out was, uh, where the heck is it? Oh, there was a video that surfaced after the game. Uh, Benfica in the locker room, Rui Costa with the players singing uh, the Benfica anthem. The, the team is in high spirits, celebrating. 
as in my opinion, they should. Um, how do you guys see that situation? I've seen a mix of comments back and forth. I've seen people say that shouldn't have been leaked out to the public because it's one of those situations where it can come back to bite us in the ass at the end of the year. Um, I've seen other people say, and in my opinion, I think it's good to pass that to the outside because I think it brings the fans more close to the, to the team. It sees that the players actually understand that this is more than just a normal game. Um, you know, it's more to them than that. Uh, but curious to see how you guys saw that moment. And Carlos had a comment here. Ricardo's visit to the locker room, the singing of the Inu dudes. That's what the Mystica de Benfica is all about. I totally how agree. do you guys, how do you guys see that situation? Anyone can go. I, I loved it. I, I get the, like the other side of the argument, like that it could be used as like locker room, bulletin board material type of stuff for, uh, for Porto going forward. Right. Like, but do they, they need they, more bulletin board material? No, like the that's fact the that thing. Yeah. My feet is enough bulletin board material right, for them. But it's, but that's, that's the argument. Like I can understand it. Right. Like, oh, they're celebrating like they've won something. But the way I look at it is it's a derby, right? It's Porto. We've struggled up there historically. It's a classical. Right. Like we got, we got a win in a, in a hostile environment. Those are the games that you should like go into the locker room and at the end of the day celebrate. Like, yeah, we came together as a team. We fought. We got the result. Good win. Celebrate and then move on. And I, I mean, the fact that it's Rui Costa, my favorite player of all time, down there in the locker room singing with them just puts it over the top for me. But I, I have nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I mean, that 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 to me just like when I saw Rui Costa singing and then going around the players, I even saw the players that were not Portuguese or the ones that just came in. <laughs> they like, seem so they, confused. They were confused, like I don't know the scene, I don't know it, but I'll just hit the freaking <laughs> bottle on the on the porta key yeah. and then let's make noise, right? And, and to me, it just unites the team. It unites the team, and so the Rui Costa is there, like like a, a biggest fan, like you know, supporting them. And and I don't see anything wrong. Yeah, if Porto wins a Catrato at the end, they're gonna throw this in our faces. hundred percent they will, but because they celebrate their victories with our misery. That's all they do. That's 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 it doesn't matter what it is. It could have I guarantee if this doesn't happen, they're probably gonna sell they're gonna show it if they win the campeonato, they're gonna show Rafa scoring a goal. Like that's how they celebrate by by talking about us. But to me, that's not no news. To me, to me, to me as a Benfica fan, I appreciate that Rui Costa went there, celebrated with the team, united the team, the 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 whole team. He went around the whole team and like united them. That's a Misika. I think I saw that in the comments. That's completely the Misika Benfica. No, I, I agree with all that. And and we have enough, you know, shit that gets, you know, rumors that get spread of, of the locker room and things that get leaked in the papers. And I think it's good to show the, you know, what, what's really happening, what's what's really going on, especially during a victory like this. We need to keep piling up the wins, piling up the good times. Um, that's what's going to keep building the momentum. I think it's it was it was good to show it, and and it I it was happy I was happy to see it, and I think all of us were. Um, whether they you you know if they have a chance to use it at the end of the season, so what? They'll use it. That's what they, they use always anything. do. Yeah, they'll yeah. use anything. And at the end of the day, it's it is what it is, and you you move on from it, and you you know it's on to the next. But I'm I'm totally for it. As a fan, I, I love to see it. Did you guys see the video of the 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 Porto? Um, Commentary guy. Uh, yeah. No way. 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 No way
there's stuff like that that like it's so much hatred that like you can't even get yourself to say the name of the opposing team like it's absolutely I, I wonder I wonder if when Riwav scored three goals they, if they say goal to visitante or whatever it is, or if Club Bruges when they scored their quatro batatas mm-hmm. a zero if they said uh, goal to visitante no I guarantee yeah. they said no goal of course Club not Bruges. yeah, yeah no. but it's Benfica it's, to them is like Benfica right. is the devil I'm telling you Benfica Correct. is the devil to them. Hundred percent. Um, quickly in the comments here, we got Carlos Amaro said, "Is there a more insufferable bloke than Otavio? My hatred for yeah, that cat is, is at deranged levels. It's probably, <laughs> he's, it's, he's, probably it's probably him and then Sergio Conceição. I think one of the other. The worst. Suck. Tiago says, "O segundo amarelo do Ostaque devia ser vermelho direto. Otavio, faltam palavras. É o pináculo do que há de mais nojento no futebol. I agree." Um, Joaninha says, I think it was a good thing. We're on a high and it's not bad to want to celebrate. Carlos Amado says the clip is gold. The value of that clip made me feel uh, that I was back home in the 70s. Uh, Red Baron says, this não se torna bin, num bin para festa moment. Yeah. Oh, man, that guy ended up being a, a forever uh, meme. Um, Gary says... Uh, what about the tripping by Porto's coach on the field after the game? I don't no, know. If you I, was gonna, I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about that too. So Sergio Conceição, as always, when he doesn't win, he's very frustrated and went to go. First, he called the ref. Of well, he called well, the ref let, 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 that's what the news came out. But th- there was a lot more words than "tuas um benfiquista," right? There's, I didn't see the, the rest I, of it. I, oh. I, I saw. I saw the whole thing happening. I'm sure the there's rest. a lot of swears up, going on. He went up to the ref, and it wasn't. Oh, senhor árbitro, It wasn't like that because, like, you don't get a red card for saying, "Oh, senhor árbitro, Right? You don't say that. It's whatever comes before and after saying those. Yeah. That oh, yeah. Is what gets you the red card, right? And then because no, the ref, the, no, 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 nothing happened there. No, no scuffle. No nothing. He kept going. He was okay. What can I attack now? Who can I get next? Like that, he, that's uh, what it is. And then in the video, you can see as he's walking, Benfica's fitness coach um, is walking by, which which is funny because he's got like a super smirk on his face. So it must have pissed Sergio Conceição off even more. And as he's walking, kind of in front of him, or as he crosses, he walks behind him. And you can see Sergio Conceição kind of like puts his foot out almost to like him. try to attempt to trip him. And he completely misses. But for me, it's like, that's what I expect from him. But, but, right? you, see, and then but he, you see his bodyguards following Sergio Conceição because he knows, they know he's going to start shit. So they oh, want to be there. They want to be there to right. hold them back. But I feel like those guys are worse than him. Like you got yeah. the little ball oh, guys, wrong themselves. that guy is like a nightmare, a nightmare. So he gets a right um, card like every fucking game. Yeah. Correct. He gets one, and then Sergio like, Conceição gets one. He got a yellow card in that game. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's like clockwork, right? So it doesn't well, surprise me. The, the um, other... And then Taremi, Taremi had a situation where he went and grabbed Roger. Roger Schmidt's neck from behind yeah. and was trying to say something, and then they separated him. And then we talked about it in our group chat, right? Roger Schmidt clearly gets hit with something paper cardboard something. or paper or something as the he's walking onto the field. And I'm assuming that they had like a tifo. doesn't come from the doesn't come from the bleachers, right? Like I that, find if it, it came like, from the bleachers, it had to come from a gun that pushed that thing all the way out there because he was he's almost like ten in the yards on the he's like 10, Correct. 15 yards into the Correct. field. Like for that to Correct. come from the stands, I mean Tom Brady's throwing that. Like that's no not chance. no no like, chance old, old no Tom chance Brady. cardboard's making. Yeah, and the fact that like when he got hit, he literally just turned around and gave a thumbs up. And he didn't even turn. <laughs> He legit kept walking. I, I love that reaction. I love that he reaction. Just like, I, he legit just up was up. Like, hey, it was, uh, you can it hit me with really the paper. Funny. I won. <laughs> uh, Red Baron says there 
their original team com duas datas de fundação. That's true. They don't know when they were founded. Um, we'll be posting buzzing signs all over Portugal if we win at the end of the season. Um, the regionalism from Porto is embarrassing. These guys are still throwing rocks at the Moors. <laughs> They'll be posting. Uh, got that one. And Joaninho says, honestly, lá na gaiola nem dá para ver nada disso. You guys are so far up. <laughs> Everyone looks like ants. You can't see them very well down there. Um, to wrap this one up, MVP for you in this game, Bill. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Rafa. I think anything we had going offensively came from him, and he got the goal at the end. Kenny? Uh, I'll go with Odie. That save that he made could have um, been a dagger right from the start there. So um, I'll give it to Odie. I gave it. I, I. I mean, I like both of those, but I like to. I'm gonna give it to Schmidt, Roger. Here's my oh, first I like that. fucking vote to Roger. I like That's a good one, Roger Ball. Can't, Oscar goes back and forth. He's got hash. He's the king of hashtags in the group chat. So Roger way. Ball or oh. Roger out. Yeah. Or Roger Ball, Roger out. Or Costa out. Or I want. We got a new one. Like every. I, by the way, by the way, I, every time I say Costa, I'm joking. Like I just take that as a joke. <laughs> I love that fucking guy. Uh, for me, I'd say I agree with Kenny. I think there was a few shout-outs here, but I think uh, that save that Vlaco makes early on, I think, makes a huge difference. Because if we go down in that moment, Porto was in that high-press phase. I think if we can see that goal right there, the team potentially could unravel. Um, but fortunately, we didn't. And the one time he was really called on, he said present. And that is a massive save. Oh, by the way, the goal that Diogo Costa saves, goal or no goal? I would, why don't I've we seen have so many like videos? It looks like it's a goal. The it, the image live looked like it went in, and I saw a still picture, looked like it was in. I've seen videos with like people putting fucking lines and shit up. Yeah, it, it looks like it tell. went in. That whole ball has to be over that. It's very I, hard to tell. I, I've that. seen, I've seen, I've seen the the shadow. Somebody did the engineering on the line and whatever, and it shows mm -hmm. the ball being completely in. But mm -hmm. without without goal line technology on it's live, hard. it's you can't tell. So uh, yeah, so yeah, it could have gone either way. I accept the decision, but obviously, if had, in this day and day, is day and age, why why don't we have a goal line technology? Is beyond me. Like if that if that goal line. if that goal like decided the game, I wouldn't be like. You know, butthurt about it. Like it, it, that's way too hard to tell. To be, to be, I, I agree. The goal, goal line. So for UEFA, because I was just reading an article, you have to have it for Champions League games. So in Porto, at the, the ground, they have the technology there. The problem is but they don't use it's it. Implemented for the by, but it's implemented by Champions. Like today, Benfica was supposed to have. Benfica didn't have goal line technology. They didn't have it today. because they of the because, because of the, of the screen. Correct. Yeah, but that's that's implemented by the organization, right? The Portuguese league isn't going to implement right. it at Stadio Rastillo, at you know, at Oka Stadium. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's a they can't thing. just have it for Benfica Sport, Benfica Porto, or Benfica Sporting because they're not going to have it for everyone else. Correct. That's the thing. Um, quickly, Red Baron says, "O engenheiro Luiz Gonçalves, I call him João Gonçalves. Luiz Gonçalves é um chihuahua, ladra mas não morde." Um, Joaninha says, "Remember when he didn't want a foreign Fact. coach?" I saw that comment. I thought you guys were gonna skip it. I was hoping you guys. Skip I was gonna bring it, it up. <laughs> Mike didn't. I was gonna bring it up. This no. is true. Hey, it's, 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 but I but I already fessed up to that one. I didn't well, want. Who are your any... options again? Well, who are those Marcos, guys? I like Marco Silva, which, which he's a good coach. He's like one of the he's best doing, coaches. Like he's, he's doing, doing well in form. Uh, but I, I like Marco Silva, and I obviously I'm a large guy, right? So even though, you know, repeating coaches I mean, doesn't really work, but but I like he, I'm a large guy. He's available now. You want him? 
Yeah, not now. Now I like I like my logic. <laughs> um, Carlos Amaru says the bald guy is literally the caricature of a tripedo complex. Five foot nothing, swinging like Thor's hammer made of cardboard. That might have been his cardboard <laughs> hammer that hit Roger Schmidt in the back when he was walking on the Maybe. field. <laughs> um, moving on to today's game, uh, Benfica four, Juventus three. Oscar, I'll start with you again. What's your analysis on the game that? At four to one, looked like it was going to be a thumping, and in a blink of an eye, we were up against the ropes, holding on for dear life. I mean, I think the, the this this game was probably the first, the best seventy minutes I've seen Benfica play in Europe that I've seen Benfica play in Europe. It's it, it was just a one way street. We completely took Juventus out of the game. They, they were playing like just clearing the balls like 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 a small team, like legit. We were all over them. Uh, we were creating chances. Uh, we we're playing like one touches. I still uh, the first half game the 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 play where Rafa just heals it like you know to uh, um, Frederick and 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 then he tried doing a Trivella pass like all one touch. To me, it was like are they are they practicing or is this a real Champions League game where they have you know one team has to win and the other team can get a result whatever. To me, it felt like Benfica was all over the all over the like playing like like they were practicing like they were training ground. So I was impressed. Um, too bad after the, the, I believe, 75th minute. Um, I, uh, Kenny's mentioned in the, before, we got tired legs that we made subs way too late. We should have taken Enzo in the midfield, refreshed that. Basically ended the game there. Like when we we're 4-1, put some guys in to control the game and, and give these guys some rest, and the game would have probably been easier finish. Uh, the 4-3... You could tell that those two goals came because we were just too tired. I also think if Rafa scores that, the, the cross fifth, from Romario, and, and, and five-one, I think that that would have killed the game. That would like I don't think we see Juve push like they did at the end. Yeah, and then then obviously when he hit the post, I mean he hit yeah. he, he legit like he hit it with his left foot one touch. It, it, that should have been a goal. He's it's not, not yeah. an, I'm not making excuses for him, but uh, but man, the, the guy scored two goals. Missed that one. The, where, I, where I thought he was going to score the fifth goal was when he was in a breakaway with, uh, you know, just all he had to do is put it through this one at the side of the goalkeeper and win. They, they basically killed the game right there. Um, two, good thing we didn't need that goal for for us to win. Thankfully. Bill, yeah, that was... you agree? Yeah, no, that that's what that that's what I'm, I'm thankful for is that we didn't need because he had a fantastic game. Fantastic yeah. game. But if the result ended up in a tie and one of you know those goals would have been the clinchers like that would have turned the whole story on his performance right you would have remembered the ones he missed instead of the ones he scored yep. but um i yeah i mean i actually didn't get i didn't get to see any of Benfica's goals live <laughs> i only got the second half of the game at one point uh yeah late in the in the second half at 4-3 i almost turned off the television cuz i'm like i must be i told you to um so so i only saw but when i was watching the second half I mean, Juve was out of it. We were, we were, you know, we could have been pr- pushing even more up the field, and we would slow it down and like re- recircle the ball and take our time. Like Juve was, I thought they were just done. I was so surprised at at how bad they looked. And then I think it really did come down to the substitutions. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Juve made like three subs um, right away at, at halftime. Two, and, I and think. Two. Milik came in at halftime. 
Alexandro came in at halftime, I believe, and Miretti. No, San- so Sandro and Miretti came in in the 60th minute. Yeah, those two. Really came in at halftime. Sol, Sol and Illing came in in the 70th, and then they scored the two goals. Yep. So okay, before so- they scored, they made five changes. Yeah, but those two. But those they had four- to. Yeah. Yeah, but those last two subs really changed because I thought Correct. they were done. They weren't. They were like coasting just to get the game over yep. with. Those two subs completely changed it, and I think you know between the, that that uh, at the 60th minute and 70th minute when they made those those uh, four subs, Roger should have you know came back with something there because that totally changed. We I mean we were caught we were on our heels, and I I really did think we were going to lose, um, not lose but at least tie the match there, and uh, it would have been you know would have gone from such a high to such you know I mean we would have gotten through we would have been through but I mean you'd never want to see a game at four, one coming back to four, three. I mean, in my opinion, it doesn't, I don't think the score does the game justice. I think Benfica pretty much dominated most of the match. The last 15 minutes are what they are, but a four, three result does not really show what that game was. When Rafa hits the post, was that four, four, two or four, three already? Because they well, scored three. two goals in like three minutes. Yeah, yeah so we even 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 in the last five, three. even in the last five uh, you know fifteen minutes, us playing yeah. like shit and then playing better, we could have scored the fifth goal, the breakaway yeah. by Rafa. Correct. Yeah. No, so we, was, we went was from four one. Wasn't it four one? No, Rafa's no. miss was an open net and he put it over the net. That was four. The one. left. Yeah, the volley the was four to one. Yeah. The cross yeah, was wrong. That was four yeah. one. That would have made it five one. The breakaway was already four to three. He could have killed it off and made it because he came off right after that. Yeah. Right he basically got. Point. I don't know how the last defender let that ball through, but man, Rafa. Once Rafa gets on the on the, you know, basically highway, forget it. Don't catch. You're not gonna catch him. Yeah, I I thought for sure it was gonna be in, and unfortunately, we we were very surprised by that. Bill, um, touching on Rafa again, there was I was watching the game on Eleven Sports, and one of the commentators said that this could have been um, either his best or close to his best performance for Benfica. Um, and he was referring to Rafa. Do you agree with that? I mean, we've seen yeah, some I really mean, good Rafa performances. Um, okay. And Thinking just to tie that, to that but... comment, just to tie to that comment, Carlos says, if Rafa becomes a real killer, we're talking history among the 60s legends. Right? And that's something that we've yeah. always talked about, right? like his finishing, right? his decision-making in the final third. Yeah. I think he's been better this season, but thoughts on that? Maybe at, at this no. level, at this on this stage, maybe. Yeah, I think Champions League. I'm, like I'm looking, I'm trying to. He think did back say that. He did quick. say that. Sorry, just to add, just to add to that, he yeah. did say on this stage. Yeah, I'm trying to think back. Champions League yeah. games for Rafa. I can't remember another one where he performed as well as he did, as he did tonight. Like it wasn't just the finishing; like it was the build-up play. Like Oscar said that there was that one where I forget who it was. Like it was a cross-field pass. Came to Rafa and he like back heeled, flicked it to, yeah, to, to Frederick. Freddie. Frederick took a back heel to him. He yeah. tried to do the trivella. He could have had, I mean, he had space. He could have taken a touching shot, but like it was the build up play. It was him dropping deep, getting the ball, and attacking Juve's defenders. Like he he knew that if he got anyone one on one, that was it. Like he wasn't looking to pass. He was attacking them. Um, I mean, he was he was deadly. If he, I'm just those two that you look back on, right? Like if he finished off the hat trick, killed the game. Like, yep, yeah, would we be sitting here talking like one of the greatest performances at Benfica 
for Rafa, right? Like, but I can't think of another one in the Champions League. I think I think I heard something that he was um, he made it to the top ten list of of goal scorers on Benfica's history on the Champions League. So that's pretty. I mean, that's I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised. Consider, I mean, considering like the the nineties and stuff, we really yeah. didn't have much. And I think I think he was. Uh, they mentioned like a, a Simon and I don't know who else, yeah. but he goes. He's in the top ten of Benfica's history on the, on the scoring in the Champions or. Yeah, I just, I mean, just think about how much he would, how many goals he would score if he was like clinical in front of net. Like if he could finish, like he would, he creates so much for himself and he finds himself in like the right spot. I mean, it just feels like he's one of those players that needs like two or three to be able to put one away. Um, But I mean, the way he performed tonight and not just in front of net, I, I think. Uh, in the build-up and in, in kind of getting his team involved, I think he was uh, phenomenal. I'm just phenomenal. looking at the list here. I think the phenomenal. list doesn't include today's goals, so I think he has seven, which would put him even with the top ten. So first in Europe is is Ozebio with 46, Zalgusto with 24, uh, Zetors with 19, Zag was 18, Nene 15. Cardozo 11, Coluna 11, Antonio Simões 8, Nuno Gomes 7, Rafa would have 7, Santana has 7, Sergei Yudin has 7. So if this, I believe that doesn't include today's goal, so he, he should be, he is tied top with, 10. you know, some of the top 10. So, I mean, but, look at the, uh, the names on there. Those are all, yeah, like, legend, history, old history. legends, not recent history. Which, but but uh, I'll say this about Rafa, and, and I think we've all talked about how um how he can you know he could complete he could elevate his game even further but he definitely has i think like this mental aspect to him that like it holds him from being like great the the good the best player that we think he could be um when things are going right like they are this year i mean look look at him and when you know when the locker room's not like in good in good shape things aren't going right like he's a complete like he just disappears he's in his own little uh, corner, and he just he doesn't want to deal with anything. Schmidt actually talked to that today. Yeah, he, he actually talked he said to when, exactly when to he's that. happy. When he's happy. Yeah, yeah. he said. He yeah. said Schmidt said. Schmidt said. Like Rafa's a guy that beats Carino, and when you give him Carino, he plays like this. It, it's so like some, some some people are like that. They need yeah. to be. They need yeah. to feel. They need to feel like they're needed, or like they appreciate it, or that they are. They you know people trust them, and a lot of coaches in the past, recent past. I'm not gonna say Jesus for any reason, but <laughs> but, but that, that that is something that will always hold him from like taking that next step. That I think like he's got everything. I think he does have every. Like I don't think he'll ever show up in like the Premier League because I just well, feel like he can disappear. And like and- if you look at a player like right, you say like Anthony right for Man U right eighty eighty something million. I think they just paid for him. Can you like? That, I think right. Like you look, you look at his style of play, right? I I think Rafa is very similar to how he plays, right? Tricky on the ball. Anthony's more tricky though. Yeah, I don't, he think Anthony I don't is consider Rafa tricky. Rafa's a guy that he puts the ball on his feet. It glue, it's glued to his foot, and he just runs. Yeah, but, he, he beat anybody in the race. Yeah, he's not. He's not the guy that does step overs like Anthony does, and, no. and cuts back and right. cuts forward. He, he's more he just pokes like, it past you and runs, and then takes off, it. and you're done. Yeah. You're done. He's he reminds me like 
He, he's like he's like the. He reminds the, me of Oscar when he was in college. Oscar used well, to play like that. Me, this guy. I used to kill it. Let's let's see. Did he kill Brady, it or not? I, I gotta I, check I, the I FSC wanna, stuff. Kenny was there. Kenny was there. Did he kill Kenny, it? Kenny, did he kill it or not kill it? What at FSU? At FSU. I think he holds. Yeah. I think he holds some of those records still. I don't know. Epa, he has more this. Let's let's not get my head too big. No, I'm just kidding. I don't hold any records. <laughs> um, Tony got his first goal today, and Oscar uh, told us offline. I didn't see his press. I did see a comment that he made that Gaston Untubarão. The Europa, but yeah. uh, they did ask him about um, the, celebration, the celebration. Yeah, that, he, by the way, let's let that guy needs a, a round of applause. He, he deserved that goal. He's he's been phenomenal. Eighteen years old, and I guess he he learns the celebrations from playing PlayStation. I I, I mean, he's eighteen years old. What can I? <laughs> that guy asked him like, uh, "Where you get that celebration from?" He goes, "Eu jogo muito PlayStation." <laughs> I love it. Was uh, was Joel Felix the last eighteen-year-old that scored a Champions League game for Benfica? It might be. I can't think of anyone else that. Young. Yeah, I think John Felix. I think John Felix is the youngest Benfica player to score in the Champions League. He was eighteen, mistaken. right? Yeah, eighteen in a few months. I think so. Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show, you know, the the type of players we have in the academy, right? That these these kids can come in at eighteen years old and perform against, you know, these type of, you know. The pressure of these games, the magnitude, the 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 type of opponents that they're playing, and and dude, I mean, it's 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 awesome to see. I I you know that that the you know orgulho for these just because of these kids, it really does. I mean, I agree. Again, credit to to Schmidt, right? We, I think we can all agree. We all at the beginning of the preseason, we all thought that the Arujo kid was like the next center back coming from the B team and um, he saw something in in this kid and gave him the chance in the preseason. And then when Morato went down, he didn't even, I mean, he didn't really have many options, but he didn't hesitate with siding him into the, to the starting role. And I mean, we've discussed this offline, like what, what's it going to take for him to lose a spot when Morato Morverissim was healthy, the way the kid's performing, I, I I find it hard to believe that you're going to, take him out unless he does unless he falls off a cliff right like and like a real cliff not the oscar sporting cliff that took <laughs> two years to to show up right like if this guy all of a sudden just falls off we're sporting right now the <laughs> yeah i mean it took two years they might have hit I mean, they've did hit they the hit the ground already. yet they might, they might they have hit the ground. Hit the ground i already. mean i mean let's wait until tomorrow tomorrow might decide yeah. a lot of things carlos amaro says the kid is impressive isn't he everything about him the ruben diaz character mental cabal Dude, he is like super chill, which is really strange for an eighteen-year-old at the this level. Like Champions League occasions, like don't you would think like at you. He's made right? mistakes, but yeah, yeah. not and, surprised. And, 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 no, and that's recent, come, they, yeah, and he, and he made two recently, like that. Though, like shit, you can tell his age is right here. Like uh, the the yep. pass back that Gilberto had to kick it against our own net against yep. PSG, right? Um, no, against Porto. 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 Against Porto, the Gilberto PSG yeah, was the PK. Yeah. The PK and the PK yeah. against PSG. So, like, those two, like, uh, night, like, you could tell, like, man, like, especially against Porto, like, you could tell there was nerves there. There was nerves. And this maybe goes into the whole atmosphere and, and what the game means and all that. He's 18 years old and he's playing Stadio Dragão. And he, he unlike Ba and, and Enzo and all that, knows the, the history, 
there is between Porto and Benfica. So the 18 year old playing that stadium, I'm sure there's nerves. And you could show, it showed a little bit of the nerves, but then it's, it can, the, what surprises me and impresses me about him is how fast he reacts and composes himself to not letting it affect him. He doesn't let those mistakes like, yeah, like tumble, like he, it shows, snowball it shows, effect. Like you make one massive mistake, like, like a Benz PSG, right? PK. That is like a recipe yeah. for disaster for a young player, right? You make the PK, AKA, easily could have fucking AKA, snowballed. AKA who? Yeah. AKA? Ferro. Ferro. There you go. Ferro had one the great one, season and then all the of a sudden. The one we all was better than Ruben Diaz. Yeah. And then and then all of a sudden he had a few bad games and where the hell is, yeah. is he playing now? And to his start credit, he, it helps. his credit, he, he legit settled himself down and continued just to play his game. Yeah, it helps that, you know, he's, it's like, it's his home, right? Like it's, it's his home. Like he's been here for forever. It's where he grew up. He, he almost feels more at home and, and more of a, a, a vet on the team than some of these older, newer guys that are coming in from the outside. Right. So, you know, I, I still, I, I hope he sticks around. I hope we don't just go and sell him off because I do think that, you know, an 18 year old, like a uh, similar to Jean Felix, Go somewhere. And Sanchez. Exactly, and and it and it and it just kills the player. Um, so, but do you I not do you not him. think that do you not think that for him being from there adds even more pressure? I, I think like, it, e- dude. I think it eases him because he's he's more familiar. I think so because he's more familiar with the club than than someone from the outside. Then, but then I would John think it would Brooks. be the opposite, right? Because like you're playing like, in yeah. a stadium where everyone knows you, your family's there, right? You were brought up here. Like the expectations are up here because you're from Seychelles. Like I would think it would be the other way around of like, fuck, I have to perform. Yeah, but, but I mean, everyone deals with it differently, right? Yeah, I mean, I see it differently, right? Like, look, I, I would imagine if it, he's an 18, you know, uh, megastar that didn't even get to like, let's just look at um, Bernardo Silva, right? Never, never really got a chance to play at a young age with Benfica. I, I mean, he might have played a couple of games, but he never really got no. right. And he, goes to the, he goes to the Estrangeiro, and he's like, not only is he a young kid, but now he's playing outside of Portugal in a, in you know, doesn't probably know the language or you know, has to adapt to a different lifestyle. Different, it's harder, it's harder. I agree. And, I agree. And at home, at 18 years old, you you grew up with Benfica. You grew up with the the and you have the support staff around you. You got every like you just yeah. know you're more familiar with the situation than John Brooks coming in and and trying and trying to take the position right. That's my that's my view on it. No, I agree. I agree. I think you you have a lot more support. Like when it comes from uh, the academia, they give you more chances. They 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 try to ride you because you're from the academia. Like you see that with Gonzalo Ramos, he could have like five bad games and he's still a starter because. He's from the academy, and he we trying to ride him as much as we can. Um, and and I think with with uh, Antonio Silva, it's the same thing. If he goes to Monaco like Bernardo Silva did, and he has a bad game, like Ferro went to Valencia, and he had a, a few bad games, disappears. They don't care about him. It's not like, hey, listen, you 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 you're trash oh, because you had a bad yeah. game. That's it. Like Renato Sanchez went to Bayern, didn't show up in the first few games. They put him to the side. That's that's what it is. Like in Benfica, he was a star. He was a, a, a mega star, right? So in Benfica, you have the backing, you have the support, you have it's your family. You go to Estrangeiro, you can't screw up for vida. And then if he, if you don't pay now, you don't pay now. If you don't do it in one game or two, you're out. And let's face it, the Portuguese league is, you know, you're you're on Benfica. You're going to have a, an easier road, especially playing defense, right? You're not going to see much, uh, you know, a lot of difficult things. But then 
when you do rise to the occasion in Champions League and you do show up, like, dude, that's, I mean, that's awesome. I, I, I really, I'm so happy for the kid. I'm, I'm again, that Turgulu, uh, just you know, because of him and, and his name's getting out there. I, I hope more. We see more and more of these with other kids. I hope the next one is uh, Arujo. I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm not a big fan of Musa anymore. I'm, I'm kind of over the Musa project. I think he's the next kid that should get more chances. Um, you know, coming off the bench. I'm not saying Gonzalo Ramos isn't, you know, doesn't deserve to be the starter. He can continue being the starter, but I think I think we need to start giving some some you know some other players chances off the bench at four. Who you think it is? Arujo. Arujo. Uh, the guy doesn't even come in for any minutes. I know, but I, I'm saying I hope I I want I would want that to be the next kid to get more chances off. off because the because what because what you seen in preseason? What was it, if you trust Roger? Like he obviously didn't. Uh, he doesn't see it. I know he doesn't see it, but I would. I that's. I'm saying that that for me that would be the next kid that Are I would. You, like. Do you like me? Should I get a chance of starting for Benfica because you like me? Huh? Like he, he doesn't like you. Who said he likes you? He has to prove it he to the, like you. He has to prove it to the coach, not to not because he hey he's a he's an academy and he's a, a guy that scored a few goals in the preseason. Yeah, I know. I think no. I think I've I've heard Roger say that they're he, that they're um, working him differently. Like they're he's playing he's his playing time is coming on the B team, and then he's getting called up. You know he's not he's not being an option. But I I think because Musa was a an investment that we made this year that they have to try to play him. I don't think it's working out, and I think. I think another kid from the academy should have a, ch a, a, a more of chances uh, going out on the field. I, I really do. I don't think Moose is doing providing anything for us off the bench. Uh, Luis, I just want to run through some comments here. Uh, Red Baron said we were up three to one. And he was complaining Juventus was taking too long to, to, with a throw in. I don't know if he's uh, a smart guy or this dumbass. Right in that case, but... <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe um, PlayStation he, he hates the guys that take too long. <laughs> Seriously, Carlos Amado says you can't coach mental fortitude. That is genetic. Agree with that. Uh, Red Baron says I think he'll be sold in January if he goes to the World Cup. I don't agree. Um, I think I think, and I'll ever comment for that. I think we'll bring this up. Rui Costa, I want to I want to bring this up as well. Yeah, Rui Costa. Rui Costa at the beginning presented contes negative contes, right? And and that is to tell the fans, listen, we made an investment in this team so we can win something, right? That's why we're negative. I I think the fans were okay with that. The sausages were okay with that for him to go and sell plays before he wins anything in January. So I don't think he'll sell, even if they come in. We with just offers, they, we they just qualified sell. for the knockout phase of the Champions League. If we yeah. had failed in the Champions League, that's different. Story's and, uh, different. Yeah, is money coming I mean, in? I mean, you know, how many how many millions how many how many millions do we get for for a, goes like going in total now? It's what, 10 million? something. Yeah, that's yeah. that's another ten million that something. we just get. Yeah. Just I don't think like, we'll sellers. I think we're going to be the Ruben, in the market. The Ruben Diaz transfer is case in point, right? We failed to qualify. We had to sell. We qualified this time. I I can't see us selling. Like Kenny said, I think we invest, right? We take the money and we go and try to reinforce our midfield and and find the hopefully find the method because yeah, let's not get complacent. I, I, I say I say we really need like I. I agree. I mean, with Kenny, I, I don't know if uh, Enrique Luigi would be the answer for the next second half, especially now in the in the knockout phases of Champions League. No, we definitely. Yeah, no. I, no, I think, I, I think, so. I think, I think we got to look at bringing someone we need, in. We need to invest in somewhere there. I think we with Draxa being hurt or fragile or not pinning now because he hasn't shown anything. Um, I think we need a backup for a winger because we're relying a lot on Neres and and, uh, and Rafa. Neres already being kind of fragile, hurt and back, hurt and back. 
is very is very scary because once one of those two guys goes down, we are basically out of choices. Like, who do we put Diogo Gonçalves or, or Chiquinho in? Very, very, very scary. So I hope he, he, and this market is more to a, a, maybe a forward for a backup to Ramos or to compete with Ramos, a winger. Maybe. I think that's that has to be one. Not I think we game. need. Yeah, I agree. I think a striker to compete for the starting role, I think, is a, is a must. I mean, we and had Yara. I mean, uh, I think Yara would have come out. No, I I don't disagree. I think the the Yara Chuck situation, I think, was a little. I think it was more the player wanting to go somewhere more familiar, and him going to Cool Bruges. I think that was more of him wanting out than. Guys, I have I have a, a question. We know what he's mentioned this, but if Florentino gets hurt, who the fuck do we put there? Auschwitz. But to me, to me, he's a he's a eight. He's a eight. Like more like I don't think he's in a six. No, I think I think we play Auschwitz and Enzo there, and yeah, which we did in the past with playing Vigel and yeah. how that. Didn't he play out. on the wing today? Yeah, he's, he but he's a utility guy, but more going forward, not not defensively. But, but Auschwitz used to play there, so I don't know yeah. if you listen to to Roger Schmidt's press conference. He said that before Auschwitz played for Feyenoord, he played for Mold, um, and he played uh, more of an attacking player uh, on the wing. So um, he's playing uh, a position, and he can <laughs> Auschwitz, and he can play for Audi also. <laughs> Auschwitz can play anywhere. <laughs> he's I that mean, guy that a- you show up on a Sunday league, and you're like, "Who wants to play right back? That guy yeah. will play right back." Fuck. Bill, <laughs> no, it's like play? Do you, maybe the, maybe the comment at the beginning was true. Do you play goalie? Yes. Do you play right back? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do you play striker? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, no, I, I think I think strikers a, a must, and I think it, even another player like Oshner is like a guy that can just play the utility play. guy. Yeah, we, we have two of them: Mario, Jean Mario, and in 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 Oshner. They're actually pretty, like basically versatile interchangeable come, yeah, yeah. They, they can play anywhere in that in the in the, in the field basically either well john Murray not too much defensively but offensively yes joanina says oscar with the bad juju watch him get hurt next game <laughs> legit <laughs> florentino gets hurt next game oh, man. you're suspended for one podcast yeah we, we 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 have to give credit to tino he's been performing like, almost like under the radar and he's he's, he's like uh, if you watch the games closely he's always in the right places always blocking the crucial shots he's 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 Phenomenal this year. Phenomenal. We're not giving enough enough credit. Conor I think I, says, I heard I heard in the in the game like he's he's uh on the top of the list in um uh my, like miles on the field like uh oh yeah like, yeah like he covers even a lot of space. At, even if you look at the uh, the amount of coverage that the Benfica team as a whole has, like the I think it was against uh, Juve the first game or against PSG maybe away. We almost had like double the kilometers covered than yeah. the opponent, which is absolutely crazy. And I saw a comment, I think it was in our WhatsApp group, the difference that a world-class physical uh, trainer does for a team, right? Like the amount of the running that this team's doing, the endurance, the ability to, to hold on for long periods of time stamina-wise is impressive. Obviously, today we kind of broke down at the 75th minute. Um, but, I mean, like Oscar said, right, I – could have been probably one of the best 75 minutes of football we've witnessed in a long time, right? All around. Um, comments here. Uh, Carlos Amado says, I think Enzo moves there and Arsenis plays uh, the eight for Enzo. Red Baron says, isn't there rumors about Mike Khan from Shakhtar? 
I haven't heard anything about Micon from Shakhtar. It doesn't mean that it's it's not a possibility. SLB says, is Auschwitz our new Andre Almeida utility? I think that's an insult yeah. to Auschwitz. I think <laughs> completely different style of play. I think he's a huge bargain for what he brings to the table. Um, I think he's an incredible player. What do we pay for him? It's like 15? 8 million. Was I think it was 15? I thought it was 15. I'll look it up. Bro. I thought it was less than that, but I could be wrong. You may be right, Austin. Right, no, that's so. also 15, another benefit. 15, 15 is not a bargain. It's it's a risk. It's a really high risk. Especially it is, but... Right, but it's, it's another benefit of, of again, uh, having a coach from Estrangeiro, right? Finding these guys that you probably would never consider. Never heard of. Benfica. Never heard of, no. never would consider to Benfica. I mean, there's a lot of players like this out there, and, and you know, I, I'm hoping that he can bring in a few more in the winter. Yeah, but we, I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan of George Jesus, but when he built the team around Witzel, Javi Garcia, this, these are guys, Estrangeiros, they brought into the team. And those guys penned out too. So it's not like we need a strangero to bring out strangeros. We, we we can do that with a Portuguese coach as well. That was my thought at the beginning. Like it doesn't have to be a strangero. But in this case, it penned out. It's working. He's actually doing exactly what I want. It's we use academy guys or trust them um, to introduce them to the big to the A team and fill in the spots with outside. That but I, but those strangers, those strangers that you're talking about with JJ, we're all. I mean, that's always been the market, right? The South American market. I mean, you. Javi Garcia is Spanish, and Witzel is Belgian. Well, what are you okay. about? but that year, but that year we had, I mean, over that time frame, right? We had Salvio over that time frame, Gaetan over that time frame. So we had a decent amount of South Americans during that window of success. And, and I don't I think, think it, I don't think like JJ's going after Witzel. I think that's like more of the the um like the scouting the, department, the scouting department, right? And uh, it, it, in, in, most, in most cases, that's what it is. The scouting department tells the coach, hey, this guy took a look at him, and the coach has to make a decision. It's, not, coach going, it's not the coach going to the each country and looking up at these players. Uh, this scouting... was absolutely a Roger guy. He oh, yeah, 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 that guy, that guy, yes. Yeah, from yeah, the league, right. yeah. yeah. And I think that's that, that's what he brings is like from the smaller leagues that, I mean, he uh, the, the, the Dutch league, right? That's where he came yep. from. Yeah, yeah, like guys that you probably would not consider in the, those smaller teams. That I mean, I don't even know what team he came from. Feyenoord. Feyenoord he came from Feyenoord. All right, so and they bought they bought him for four hundred thousand. Yeah, I'm looking. So we paid <laughs> we paid fourteen point three million. That's U.S. So around fifteen million less. euros. And yeah, they no, a less, year less, ago fourteen million euros. A year ago, they paid four hundred. <laughs> 400 yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say bag of balls. I, yeah, yeah, it's not. I wouldn't say it's a bargain, but it's it's not like you know, it's not a 20, 25 million dollar investment, right? It's. I mean, but I think means, he's we, a player we, that we talked, we talked about. We talked about getting Everton for twenty million, and that was a big investment. That's a, right? that's a big investment, right? Yeah. But that's yeah. five million more than what we just paid. Yeah. Yeah, but now I mean, nowadays this, this, this guy, this guy. But this, I get it. But this guy, Everton was last year, bro. It's not like two, like we made a, and during COVID almost, like it's, it's not like we made a, it's, it's not a big the difference between last but year. But I think the, the statement of being a bargain is in the sense of what we've seen him put out. Correct. Right? correct. Given but, I'm talking, his I'm talking about, but I'm talking about risk, right? We, this, this is a guy that we didn't hear about. Did you know this guy before he came? Huh? I had no idea. No, what no, it was. So no. to me, that's a bigger risk than Everton who played for the national team in Fair. Brazil. I agree yeah. with that, right? Yeah. Because it, Everton came with a huge hype, right? And right. an expectation. Yeah. Auschwitz, there's no expectation created going on, right? So it, it's a completely different element. Um, 
we're coming up on 90 minutes here, so I want to wrap this up. Let me just take a look at um, some of these comments. Carzamara says, what's the word on Draxler injury? Anyone make an update on him? I haven't seen anything on him, but it, it didn't look good. Um, definitely looks some sort of hamstring issue. Yeah, I, which... I think I saw hamstring injury, but I haven't seen a timeline. He came he came to Benfica to make the World Cup, and he came, and then Benfica basically... I, saw, I actually saw a report Cup. out of Germany that he's out of the squad and Weigel is now part of the fifth that 52 man roster the like the initial call up for Germany interesting we'll see yeah I, I think I saw something that like he won't be back till after the World Cup I mean let's not forget also the World Cup is three month, weeks away a couple weeks maybe. away um so yeah I wouldn't be surprised to not see him until after the World Cup and then if we do see him after the World Cup, right, is he going to be useful to us or is he going to be another one of those players that came with a high expectation trying to bounce back from an injury and just isn't going to be the same player after the fact? It's unfortunate because I think he would be a, a really good addition to the team and I think he brings experience and brings a lot of talent. But um, Luis says, Draxa, these didn't sell potentially. And just shout out to Luis. He said, Meus amigos, tonight was one of the best, one of the most unforgettable nights at the Catedral de Luz. We are now returning to Barroso. We'll get back home at 4 a.m. or so, but it was so worth it. So they're in route back home up north where we're from. Um, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know. Did he make a lot? I didn't see any lives today. He tried to, but there, was, there were issues with the, the connection there, so they weren't able to do it. The, everyone Come was having on, issues man. with the internet. Come on, um, Luis. I wanted to live through you, brother. His the the wife and the baby are in Spain, so he's gonna live oh. a sleep a sleep full night. Um, he's got a free weekend in Montalegre. Uh, and then when he safe makes it back, yeah, safe trip. He said about the MVP outra vez arroz arroz. For those of you who don't know, is Rafa. He's been a defender of Rafa all season, and he's gotten a lot of shit for it. Um, joining us as we you continue up, merch. We need to continue merch so I can bring to the games. Uh, it's coming. It's coming. I've already put in an order for some T-shirts for some locals, so we should have some stuff. Uh, for those of you who are watching on CNN Portugal, Luis did his best impersonation of that John Travolta moment <laughs> in that movie. When I don't know what movie it is, but where he's like whistling and walking around and kind of like looking around. Uh, Luis popped up on a live uh, broadcast from San and Portugal walking around in the background with the Cantinho Benfica shirt, <laughs> which he looked completely lost, um, but never fails. Wherever there's a camera, Luis is there with his Benfica merch, uh, Cantinho Benfica merch. Uh, so for that, we uh, appreciate you should, you, should, his... you should post that. I should post that. I haven't seen I it. I will. They put it in the WhatsApp, but I will post it on our social media platforms. Um, let me just look quickly here on my notes if there was anything that we wanted to cover that I missed. Um, I just want to remind, I want to remind uh, uh, SLB BS who is who's yep. that? SLB, yes, yeah. Um, he said something about I haven't seen Rafa lose a foot race, um, in the foot race in the game, and I actually, you have to go back to the PSG game. <laughs> Yeah. Where Rafa just threw up his hands and like, ah, fuck you, go get it. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> That's probably the only one. That's the only one, though. Yeah, he gave up on that one. Tony De Silva says he heard two weeks for Draxler. So again, like right by the time he comes back, there's probably one game left. You got the you got the World Cup, 
So I'd be surprised. I mean, he may be available for for a game, but I'd be surprised to see. He may play during the World Cup when Benfica plays in the Tasa Liga in those games. Terrible scheduling. Yeah, I mean, that'll be a good opportunity for him to get some rotation and get some minutes in, but I don't see it happening at a high level before tough. We have a tough game against Moreirense. They're not a joke either. In the Tasa Liga? Tasa Liga, yeah. We have that group, and only one goes through, and Moreirense is doing good in second division. They're first place by a lot. I'm trying to think who else is in our group. Um, um, do you have it up? Estoril, no, it's the Estoril, uh, Moreirense, and... I forget the other person. I think it's a joke team. The thing that sucks oh, is we're gonna, we're the only team in that group that is gonna be missing players. <laughs> and yeah, it's but, not like I mean, we would. It's not like we're gonna. We would start. Yeah, we don't play our starters anyways. Yeah, I mean, it I depends mean, maybe, on the situation. Maybe a couple, right? Maybe a couple, but for the most part, it's. Yeah, Estrela Madura Murerense Penafiel. That's what we got. Oh, that's what it was. Um, yeah. yeah, and we have Studio. In the Tasa de Portugal, Correct. away, uh-huh. yeah. So it'll be some some moments for guys like uh, Luis Pedro says Tony the Silva. I envy your name right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good shout, Luis. Good shout. I'm assuming he's not driving. Someone else must be driving, or they're stopped for some refreshments, and he's enjoying watching us. Um, so that wraps it up. Oh, MVP for this game. No, what, is that a, is that a serious question? Yeah, I mean. Come ready, ready, let's just let's ready, just ready, ready. One, two, three. Rafa, Rafa, Rafa. Rafa. <laughs> I thought you guys Tony Silva. Um, all right, so we got that wrapped up. We have Shavs coming up this weekend. Um, Benfica going into the Champions League match day six with the potential to come in first place. Oscar's shout is that Juventus is going to take points off of PSG. Um, and Benfica is going to come out on top. It's not going to be an easy game in Israel, um, but this team is full of confidence. Hopefully we don't slip up this weekend against Shabs. Uh, and who knows? The sky's the limit for this team. The, 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 only, green... thing, the only thing I'm scared of, and it might, it might be a reality, is uh, he might rotate players against this on this game in Israel. Against Shabs? To... No, against... Oh. Uh, you think so? Uh, I don't know, dude. He hasn't done it so far. Like, yeah, again, he really yeah, he's had situations games. to rotate, There's yeah, games and he hasn't. This game he doesn't have to win. This is a game he doesn't have to win. It's good to win, no, but, but the only wins, game it in a good spot. it's the only game that he does not have to win. I know. It's it's only one. Let's look at the groups. Let me just look at the groups quickly to see first and second. So in our group, it's still open, right? But we've both qualified. PSG and Benfica. In group G, Manchester City and Dortmund uh are qualified. Manchester City with eleven, Dortmund with eight. Um, and let me see last game, the last game, Dortmund goes to Copenhagen and Man City plays at home against Sevilla, Sevilla, who is in third can go to Europa League. Copenhagen's in last with two points can go to Europa League as well. But I think Sevilla may have the head to head against them. Let me see Sevilla tied away and Sevilla smashed them at home. Uh, today 3-0 so they have the head-to-head so Sevilla's in Europa League so Sevilla has nothing to play for um, so let's assume that Man City tops the group there um, Dortmund second Real Madrid first with 10 Leipzig with nine Shakhtar with six only Real Madrid is qualified Leipzig and, and Shakhtar have a chance to go in 
Chelsea with 10, Milan with 7, Salzburg with 6, and Dinamo with 4. Only Chelsea is qualified in first. Sporting's group Tottenham 7, Marseille 6, Sporting 6, Frankfurt 4. Still wide open there. No one qualified in that group. Bayern Munich is qualified in first place with 12 points. Um, Inter 7, Barcelona 4. Barcelona has a 1% chance of being able to still make it through if Inter drops points against Pleasen tomorrow. Club Rouge with 10, Porto with 6, Atleti with 4. Atletico and then, Porto, so that could be that could be Atletico in second. Yeah, and then Napoli 12, Liverpool 9, and Ajax has 3, Rangers has 0, right? So, I mean, if we come in second, one that we know we could potentially get is, is Bayern Munich, right? Which, uh, or Real Madrid. Real Madrid's got 10. They could still fall out of first place because yeah. Leipzig has nine. But the assumption is that it's going to be Real Madrid, right? Manchester City is another potential, right? If we come in first place, we could avoid those teams and we could fall into the gap of a Dortmund, of a Leipzig or a Shakhtar, a Milan or a Salzburg. Or Liverpool. Liverpool, if they don't manage, if if Napoli doesn't slip up. right? Yep. So I think our, our odds or better if we come in first place. No, no, that's, 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 yep. He's going to play for, for I mean, I, there's no way he rests play. I think it's going to be the same except for if, if Neres is fit, he'll, Neres swaps in for, for oh. Ausnes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it might be one of those things like the Shavs game, right? You might see like Gilberto start instead of Ba. No, no you might no, see no. Neres play. Like, I think you might make one or two changes for that game. But I think the Champions League game, I think you have to go into it with a strong squad and not look at resting players because first place yeah, is agree. still up for grabs. It's for the most yeah. part going to be the same 11. Except and money-wise, right, you get more money if you come in first opposed to coming yeah. in second, right? So we've already made back our investments from the summer uh, with the money we've made from Champions League. So let's hope that we can keep tacking on to that uh, – that wage bill or the the in the incoming um funds uh for this season gentlemen any final thoughts before we wrap this one up dude it was keep a the undefeated run going another Let's great night rolling. in uh in europe yeah something we haven't been able to say very often in the last three years since we did this podcast this is the most credit credit to the club this is Go ahead, it's got to be, be like the some of, like the, the most points we've we've ever not ever but like the most points. If we win against time. Maccabi Haifa, I think it's a record of points yeah, that we've made in a group stage. Wait, have we ever done it without losing a game? Um, I'd have to go back. Have to go back to like, I'm almost before it was the Champions League. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I know we've done I it without definitely... winning a game. I'm almost positive that I saw. Yeah, we, we did that too. Uh, <laughs> winning every point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm almost positive that we, if if we win against Maccabi, we'll have made the, we'll tie a, or beat the record of most points that we've achieved in the group stage. Um, Do you guys remember history. sitting here at the beginning of the season saying, "Hope we get to ten points"? Yeah. And remember how we said that even ten won't be, could not be enough. It might not be enough. Yeah. yeah, and here we are nice. with how many we have now? Um, let me see how many points do we have. Uh, we have eleven. 
11. So we've already surpassed that with one game left, which yeah. is impressive. Um, Carlos Amaro says, thanks for the podcast. Incredibly enjoyable. Good days are back. So Benfica. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you for tuning in. We had Thank issues you. with Facebook through the podcast. And unfortunately, the feed on Facebook is now not working. So it's an issue with StreamYard. So apologize to those who were watching there. Thank you for those who are watching on YouTube or jumped over. Again, as always, we're available on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch um, for the live streams. It'll be available in audio on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all of your standard uh, podcasts. Um, uh, Mike, you got any like you got any like exit exit uh, chance exit music to uh, get us like pumping no. up over here? Like leaving the we need we need to work um, on that. <laughs> Especially yeah, we got to figure winning, that out. Winning days, winning nights. Joaninha says, classic Kenny of a Viru Majola. What do you got over there, Kenny? What are you drinking? Just uh, Looks like a Modelo. Hey, no, Modelo. no free, no, no free advertisements. No free yeah, advertisements. Yeah, advertisements. I had, I had a small. <laughs> I'm drinking a small. If small wants to advertise us, you're more than welcome. Uh, I was looking for a, a nice, a nice Italian wine, but I don't fucking have Italian wine, but. Um, um, I mean, I, I, I went with whiskey instead. SLBS great show, guys. Um, thank you, everyone, again, as always, for tuning in. We appreciate it. You, If you enjoy it, um, give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe on YouTube so we can get our numbers up. Luis Pedreza says, Soy Ginomes, um abraço, Carrega Benfica, um abraço. Um abraço, Luis. Um abraço. E boa viagem até Terras de Barroso. Um, as always, gentlemen, a pleasure with this conversation. I know we went over the normal, but it was a lot to cover. We will be back next week, hopefully with a W against Chavs. And remember, Kenny predicted all of the games so far, and he predicted a win against Chavs. So if you're a betting man or woman, throw your money on it. Throw don't your money it, on a I victory. I don't put my money on it either, so don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but if he had, he would have made a significant amount of money because he's 100% so far. So, uh, Red Brand says, Um abraço a todos. Great show. Thank you, Red Brand. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Viva Benfica. Viva. 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 Viva.